Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts is a brand new and unique store, boutique-styled retail shop that focuses on selling counterculture products where Wicked and cannabis cultures come together for a rather unique atmosphere. They're located on 185 Worcester Street, right next to Subway and Hertz Rental Car, and their hours of operation are Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., and they can be contacted at 508-545-8105. They are closed on Sundays, and you can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Google+. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Goth Girl Horror, the official Hack Slash podcast. Continuing the two-part story, Bumped, I am your host, Dr. Chris, and joining me from all the old way on the other side of the planet Earth is... Ellie Christina in WA, Australia. We're going to go into a little bit of the history of what uh, happened with uh, the Scream Factory Fangoria comic books uh, that, uh, Fang- yeah, Fangoria comics that you might not have in the Omnibus. And I know that uh, I had to do a little bit of research and call on the the help of some hack slash friends to get Ellie a couple copies of it because they were missing from her Omnibus. In fact, a lot of people who are not familiar with this comic book probably weren't even aware they were missing two whole issues of hack slash in the Omnibus. Am I correct, Ellie? Well, I certainly wasn't. You're going, okay, next issue is issue 12, and I had no idea what you were talking about. You think, I, I think you said that your omnibus goes right to the Suicide Girls issue, correct? That's right. So it goes straight to the Suicide Girls, and then it actually has an interlude between Suicide, uh, Murder, Suicide, and Over the Rainbow. And in the interlude is all the cutaway scenes uh, from the Bumped series. So basically... Pooch uh, and Chris and Lisa and uh, Mrs. Jawaski and the milk and cheese are all in the interlude, but none of the actual bump story is. So according to uh, the little bit of information that I was able to obtain, by the way, Tobin Bell from the Saw franchise, who was supposed to be in the bump movie, actually had an interview with Fangoria uh, magazine about uh, he was very excited to appear, to appear in the movie. When I contacted Sean Patrick Flannery to talk about the movie, he didn't know what the hell I was talking about. Astrid Lawrence wasn't available for comment, and I don't know uh, the director of the Bump movie, the uh, supposed director of the Bump movie, Robert Kurtzman, enough uh, to be able to hunt him down and ask him either. But according to Sean Patrick Flannery, he didn't even know he was cast in the movie. Maybe it's because it was nine years ago when this happened, ten years ago, that this casting was announced. There's not even an IMDb blip about it. But according to Wikipedia, two months, four days after the publication of Fangoria Comics was shut down, a lot of the blame due to the lack of publicity went to uh, the publishers. And Bump, Shifter, Beneath the Valley of the Rage all got sent over to the Scream Factory uh, to be published by them. Um, The creative group, who was the company that owned Fangoria Entertainment, filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in 2008. 
Unfortunately, the next company that would buy Fangoria magazine in 2000, in, in later that year, they would file for bankruptcy in 2016 or 17. Several people for Fangoria magazine, unfortunately, were never paid, and a lot of subscribers never got their full subscription issues. However, as of today, 2020, the current owners of Fangoria magazine gave everyone who got jilted on their subscription a full year subscription with the new magazine, which is published four times a year at 100 pages an issue. Wow. So a lot of unhappy people, but then for them to come around and do that, I would say that's a very smart move on their behalf. It is very sad, though, that the website that both issues of the bumped hack slash crossover that were published online uh, for everyone to read for free has unfortunately become a gambling site in some Asian country, which I'm not able to read what where it is. Very, I, yeah, so it makes me even more impressed that you were able to get me a copy of these two issues. Definitely, definitely. So that's a little bit of the history of what happened to the bump tax slash uh, issues of the Omnibus and what happened to Fangoria Comics. I was able to obtain uh, the four issues on eBay. Unfortunately, they were not able to arrive here in time for the recording of this podcast. But I digress. The bump creatures are absolutely terrifying, in my opinion, and to continue our tale of terror with Bumped, Ellie has the plot synopsis for us for Hackslash issue number 13. Okay, so part two of two, Vlad and Cassie discuss how the killer marionette are made alive by hate with a bloodlust to match their creator. Bits of flesh from victims animate the creatures and cause them to kill. The trail brings them to a dilapidated mansion where 20-odd faces peeled from their victims are nailed to the front door. Inside is a slaughterhouse with blood and bodily remnants displayed, and the unholy marionettes are waiting. Fighting their way through, our gang meets Eddie in a new body than what we saw from 1969. In an uncharacteristic meal, uh, O'Grady jumps him and the two fall several stories through the floor to the caverns beneath. Both survive the fall, but O'Grady is murdered painfully. His dying screams leave Cassie and Vlad to his body with no Eddie in sight. They do, however, find a storage place of unused marionettes. And to Cassie's horror, her name has been carved into one. Eddie, now wearing O'Grady's face, smiles as he listens to their discovery. And then it ends, and I'm very upset because I needed resolutions. According to Greg Eleanor, who was the... If you have seen the Hack Slash timeline online... He is actually the guy who created the Hackslash timeline, uh, and he has been on this show, and he has been a big help to the uh, goth girl horror with uh, tidbits of information. He says that basically Bump is a story unto itself and was supposed to be resol- resolved in the uh, another limited series, which unfortunately didn't happen due to Fangoria comic books going out of business. Hmm. Okay, so... <laughs> no resolution. No one, no one can tell me anything. No one can answer my burning questions. Unfortunately, we will never, ever get it unless unless something happens. I mean, right at the moment, we don't even have any hack slash comic books coming out uh, in the upcoming previews uh, anytime in 2020. So I think hack slash is kind of on a hiatus. This story, it's, it is sad. We'll never get a resolution because they do sound like at the end of the issue, oh, we'll come back and we'll hunt him down. Sigh. <laughs> We have uh, written by Mark Kidwell, who is the creator of Bump, and Tim Seeley. And then we have the artwork again by Tim Seeley and Emily Stone. 
Tim Seeley does the cover with Vlad being attacked by Eddie and the bump creatures, and then the other cover has Cassie drowning a dude in the bathtub. So the bump artwork in the issue is done by Tim again. And again, I really wish Tim would draw more comics because his artwork is frick-fracking amazing. Am I wrong? You are definitely not wrong. He's I, I I never realized that it was actually him drawing these. I always just associate Tim as being the writer, and I love I love all of the art that he does in this th- these two issues. Now it, that I know him, <laughs> it's pretty funny that the uh, the blonde bump creature attacks and is about to kill a bunny, but the bunny is saved by Vlad because we're not going to kill a bunny. No, we'll simply peel the faces off of some college girls and nail them to the door, but uh, killing a bunny would be crossing the line. Yeah, they're not as cute as a bunny. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, being a sexy, half-naked, completely naked co-ed is definitely not as cute as a bunny. (laughs) Cassie makes a joke to Gone, says, uh, First loser with a Gone with the Wind joke gets a shot in the berries. I thought the house more reminded me of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house than Gone with the Wind, but uh, I've only ever seen Gone with the Wind one time in my entire life, and that was more than enough that I wanted to see it. I was going to say, that's once more than me, so uh, good job there. Here's a little fun fact. Uh, Gone with the Wind had a budget of $3.9 million. It grossed $390 million. Do you know what, as of 2020, the still highest-grossing, with inflation, movie of all time is? I'm going to assume it's Gone with the Wind. You are 100% correct. It is Gone with the Wind. If you inflate the dollar amount, ticket for ticket sold at 50 cents a ticket in 1940, Gone with the Wind is the highest-grossing movie in existence. Wow. I believe. They, They had to be fined in order to say, damn. And there was like a big argument about whether it would be worth it to take the fine or to just uh, to just cut the word damn out. Right. Yeah. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. That was like a big that was like a big no, no in those days. Wow. Clark Gable was the man, too. He didn't put up with anyone's shit. (laughs) I believe and I'm not going to go into a big dive about this with the movies, but the second highest grossing movie of all time with inflation, I believe, is the original Star Wars. Oh, really? I believe so, but I might be wrong. It could possibly be Avatar, Titanic, or The Force Awakens. But, as of right now, I think that all, they all got dethroned by Avengers Endgame. That would make sense. Because <laughs> Avengers Endgame made three, almost $3 billion. Wow, okay, but how how is that? Like, the fact that Gone with the Wind is competing with those kind of big, massive blockbusters before blockbusters were even really a thing. Again, it has to do with, like, number of tickets actually sold at 50 cents a ticket. And you inflate a 50-cent ticket, number of tickets sold to, what, $12 today? Yeah, well, more if you're over here in Australia. Oh, why? How much (laughs) is a movie in Australia? Uh, I I think that it's about $18 for an adult ticket. Wow. To be fair, though, that's not including the exchange rate. <laughs> so Cassie and Vlad and Grady go on an investigation. Cassie gives Grady a gun to, uh, to hopefully protect himself, little that it does, as we learned in the plot synopsis, and they come across a wall of unholy people's faces. Absolutely disgusting. Hanging above them in this house of horrors is all the bump creatures. And it is a terrifying scene. If this was a real-life horror movie, I would be scared shitless of this scene, of them walking in with the bump creatures hanging above them. 
you could hear it, couldn't you? The music just suddenly going silent, and then you're hearing almost like like wood scrapings, and you slowly look up, and you just see a swarm of killers. You can you can absolutely hear it and just feel the kind of tension. I had a wood desk in front of me, but it's not doing the same effect. No, it would have to be slower and more ominous, like you're not sure what you're hearing at first, and then you look up, and then it all makes sense. Then we have an interlude going back to Eminence, Indiana, where Chris and Lisa are trying to get it on. Unfortunately, uh, um, Pooch wants out. <laughs> Pooch wants out of his little uh, his his stay in the in the veterinary or the um, the clinic for the dogs because he's being bullied by the other dogs. Cassie, uh, Vlad, and Grady start opening fire on the bump creatures, blowing them away in all their gory goodness as they are filled with all sorts of gooey, meaty parts now. <laughs> just, again, um, it just, it's this, this issue in particular felt a lot more kind of visceral and gruesome than any of the other scenes we've, we've kind of seen. Also, I have to point out, this is the most clothed Cassie we've had in a while. She has an off-the-shoulder shirt on, bra, full-blown pants, jeans, a handkerchief for a hat, gloves, and boots. Yeah, and they don't even make a comment about it being, you know, uh, minus 20 degrees for her to be having to wear a full set of pants. <laughs> Correct. Uh, I do love the scene where Eddie and Vlad get to face against each other. They're po- they're two big behemoths, and they go at it with each other one-on-one until he sicks uh, Angelus. On Vlad, who is the blonde um, ponytail bump creature. Yeah, yeah. Kind of the one that's on all the the front covers, the big focus. Correct. And then, of course, Grady tries to fight Eddie, and the two crash into the floor, which unfortunately, uh, Vlad, uh, thankfully, Vlad survives, and Vlad and Cassie go after them. But they find out that... uh, uh, they, they they think they're going to try to catch up with Grady, and Grady has Eddie's knife sticking in his mouth, and he clearly starts just cutting his skin off. Ugh. Ugh. And, and it, okay, so that's going to say something more about Eddie than anything else, is the fact that he doesn't just stick the knife in uh, O'Grady's heart and kill him and then peel the, the face off at his leisure. He's like, no, no, you can be alive while I do this, buddy. That's terrifying. Cassie and Vlad find Grady's remains, as well as several bump creatures, including one that was carved out for Cassie herself. Which is something that you can see truly rattles Cassie. A hundred percent. And and uh, something we want to point I, I forgot to point out in the last episode a couple weeks ago is that uh, Cassie and Vlad decided to do a detour, kind of like we're doing a detour from the main story arc going on to do this two-parter with the bump crossover from finding her father. Yes, and uh, I think Cassie says it's the needs of many over the needs of one. Blah blah blah. Which is a famous line quoted from Spock in Star Trek. Oh, was it? Here I was thinking it was going to be like a a sniper. <laughs> but yeah, okay, lovely. Uh Spock says it as he dies after saving the Enterprise in Star Trek 2: The Wrath of Khan, the needs of the many override the needs of the one. Oh. You can you can see I haven't watched much Star Trek, sadly. That's okay. I'm more of a Star Wars fan than a Star Trek fan. I do love the the little dresses though that uh that that the, the 
the woman wears in the red. She's got the big ponytail. Mm-hmm. Uhura. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do love that dress. 100%. I want that dress just to wear in real life, not to cosplay. Just want that dress. <laughs> Would you be able to get away with that dress at work? No, definitely not. <laughs> it's the wrong color. So back to Eminence, Indiana. Chris isn't going to get any more uh, excitement out of Lisa, so he decides to go downstairs and watch Skinamax, uh, sorry, pay-per-view porn, Teens Porkathon 4. Which, if that title doesn't turn you on, I don't know what would. <laughs> now, I would look up what that title is, but I'm not exactly on a private computer right now, and I do not need that on my search history here at the radio station. So we're going to skip that little uh, bit of information, because we could all use our imaginations to kind of figure out what Chris is watching. However, as he proceeds to um, do his business, uh, Pooch comes along and spoils it for him. Which, again, I find very endearing because of how innocent Pooch is. Switching over to Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, a couple people are digging up Delilah Hack's body. And it shows her tombstone, by the way. Great little context. 1965 to 2004. Yes. What could they possibly be doing with her body? You can wait until we discuss it in the uh, in a couple weeks, the next episode of Hackslash, or go watch a little film called Reanimator and get a general idea of what happens to Delilah Hack's body. I mean, I think the name of the film you just recommended may may give it away. <laughs> right, definitely. Um, now we switch over to Montana, Laurel, Montana. We are doing a lot of time jumping from the main story of Bumped. We leave Cassie and Vlad with an unresolved case, unfortunately. Due to the cancellation of the Fangoria comic books, we're never going to get a resolved Eddie story. Cassie and Vlad will never see Eddie again unless somebody comes up with the copyright to buy the bumped characters. Like, let's say the current Fangoria comic uh, magazine people want to publish them. Then we'll never see it. Tim is definitely of, of the definite belief that we will never see the end of that story. Uh, Mrs. Jowarski, uh is talking with the police uh, about Cassie, and uh, that's where we kind of leave it for now. Which again, dot dot dot. We know it's going to uh, link in with a with a future issue. Correct. In the letters page, we have a couple more Cassie cosplayers. One of which was during Free Comic Book Day, which is a big thing in the United States. I don't know if you get Free Comic Book Day in Australia. We definitely do. I'm pretty sure it's a worldwide event. I okay. Mean, I even have it in the uh, from the staff at Atomic Comics, Chandler, Tiff, Chaz, and Charles are dressed up as Cassie, Vlad, and a guy that they're beating on in a comic book store. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have, uh, I'm trying to see, there's a blonde Cassie with a Vlad. I can't, I'm trying to see who the name of the blonde Cassie is. Uh, she's also fully clothed, too, by the way. Ooh. Um. Are- Anyway, just wanted to send in some pics of me. Oh, okay. It, her and her fiancé, Jeff and Sarah, dressed up as Halloween as Cassie and Vlad. Aw, there you go. A couple goals right there. And then we have uh, Steve Coffin, who drew a cartoon version of Cassie, coming at you with an axe. Aw. I love this. I love how Tim was so willing to share kind of community getting excited about hack slash definitely definitely um the uh the there's previews for two upcoming issues not in kansas anymore which is the hack slash wizard of oz issue which i will be doing with a special guest from the hack slash 15th anniversary comic book coming up 
Um, ooh, hold on. Brian J. Crowley, uh, an, interview, an interview and a coverage of the comic book that we were supposed to do a few weeks ago, unfortunately was postponed, and he'll be coming on the show with me uh, for an episode to talk about the hack slash Wizard of Oz. Not crossover, it's just kind of a Wizard of Oz hack slash. There's no real crossover, but the Wizard of Oz, I think, is public domain that you can kind of do what you want with it. I think so, for sure. I mean, the original movie came out, what, nearly 80 years ago? Uh, around the same, I think the same year as Gone with the Wind, actually. Oh, okay. So, maybe not quite that long ago, then. It has Cassie standing on what looks like a yellow brick road, but the yellow brick road is skulls. <laughs> and then the back of the comic book has a preview of the Hack Slash Suicide Girls annual with a girl, I'm assuming Cassie, with Suicide Girls on her underwear, across her butt, and she's holding a knife behind her head, or her her back. And she's completely nude otherwise from the underwear. I feel like I've seen a lot of that cosplay. Uh, if you, like, go into Instagram or whatever, I feel like that's kind of a really, if you're a Hack Slash fan, that's probably one of the easiest cosplays you could ever do. It says, coincides with the exclusive photo set of Cassie Hack found on SuicideGirls.com. Now, when I saw that, I didn't know what they were talking about until I got the issue. In the issue, which, by the way, has four covers, um, in the back of the issue, which I'm pretty sure is in the omnibus, there are nude, full nude, head to toe, all the bits showing of Cassie, drawn by Tim Seeley. Yeah, in the omnibus, we don't get Cassie. We uh, we get a different suicide girl, and that's within the story itself, um, but we don't actually get Cassie. Really? That's too bad. So the suicide girl looks very similar. You know, she's got the short black hair, but it's not actually Cassie. It's uh, a different suicide girl. Is she changing her laundry in the lo- in the washing machine covered in blood? She is not. Oh, okay. So the photos that we have, it's one page after another. It's Cassie covered in blood slowly taking her clothes off and uh, then undoing, you know, undoing like every, like just completely stripping down naked. And they drew yeah. her completely new. They didn't shy away from anything, including um, downstairs pubic hair. See, and uh, any of us with the Omnibus, we miss out. I will post pictures as legally as I can, censored, of course, on the Goth Girl Horror Twitter page when we get to that issue. I will actually be doing that issue with the co-host of Boobs, Blood, and Badasses, Ro, who is a goth girl cam girl and potentially going to be working for Suicide Girls coming up. Very, very exciting. Yes. So she will actually discuss a lot about uh, working in uh, nude modeling and such and being a cam girl, as well as being a graphic artist. She's a graphic artist during the day, cam girl at night. So she'll have a lot to say about the subject of being a cam girl and appearing nude, as she does, on her OnlyFans page. So I'll leave a lot of that to her, as I am not an expert in nude modeling. I don't do a lot of it myself. Sorry. (laughs) Not a lot. You do some. I did it one time. I was uh, 28 years old. I modeled for a sculpting class. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, and only once? Uh, I did it twice, all butt stuff, nothing from the front. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Yeah, okay. Um, can't say I've done any nude modeling at all, so whether uh, for sculpting or OnlyFans or whatever, so I'll, uh, I'll just have to take your word for it. But you do have partially covered nude uh, modeling you have done before, correct? 
I've done body painting before, um, and I'm definitely not shy about being in a bikini or being in lingerie, but <laughs> definitely never done uh, a, a full nude. I think any of the modeling that you do on your Instagram or any of the cosplay pictures that you've taken is all empowering of your own. Is it, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Empowering of your own sexuality? Is that what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I I mean, I like I said, I'm very comfortable in my body. I'm comfortable in a bikini. I'm comfortable in lingerie. I would say what kind of changes it from uh, just posting something to feeling empowered by posting it is how you feel when the photo was taken and how you feel when you're shown the photo. Um, so I would say working with like a good photographer and knowing what you're wanting and wanting it to and wanting it in the first place, I would say those are your big kind of empowering moments. Are you familiar with the YouTuber Amanda McKnight? Uh, I don't think so. If you go to the Radio Horror Instagram, uh, there is a new post up of her in my story section. I don't know how stories are posted exactly on Instagram. That part's still a little new to me. But she is the guest on uh, my radio show the night that we're recording this, a couple weeks back from when you're listening to this now, dear listeners. And uh, she is this uh, great geeky journalist, but she does a lot of cosplay modeling as well as lingerie modeling and partially covered, uh, partially covered like nude modeling. And we talk a great deal about like that on the show uh, in regards to like characters like Vampirella, Red Sonia, um, Witchblade, and so on and so forth. <laughs> All characters that I've cosplayed. <laughs> yes, and she's about she she's going to be doing a Vampirella cosplay coming up. She just she she has a uh, she has a Red Sonia cosplay that she has done, and she just posted this like in shadow full nude picture. But again, it's in shadowed in some parts. Um, and talked uh, a lot about like you know like you know the the ability to do that and so on and so forth and the courage it takes, but uh, also just kind of taking control of her own you know sexuality and empowerment too. Very uh, very great conversation to listen to if anyone listening to this podcast uh, wants to hear about um, the modeling world from uh, right from the lips of a of a of a model themselves. Yeah, for sure. That's- I mean, there's there's no one more qualified to talk about it and actually give other people a different perspective than what they've kind of been led to led to think or led to believe. So I would say that's fantastic. But as well, these three episodes that you've been on with me are also a great way for anybody who's interested in doing that and, and, and showing off their body in some way. Um, you've also given them a lot of you know great things to talk about and think about. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> in my opinion, I have. Um, it's... I think people who listen to this when they have someone they can connect to on a certain level um, can relate to the podcaster, the host's uh, story, take a look at what you're doing, and go, hey, I think I could do that too. Yes. If you're listening and you've ever wanted to get into cosplay, you 100% can do it. And don't go to the gym. Is- rock climb like, uh, um, like Ellie does. That's really going to help you. <laughs> I mean um, – I will I will crush a I will crush a man's skull one day. That's that's what I'm working towards so I can so I can be Maximus from Gladiator. You heard that <laughs> here folks, right here first. Ellie is going to crush a man's skull like in Gladiator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the dream. 
Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Hack Sla- of Goth Girl Horror, the Hack Slash Podcast, as we covered Bumped Part 2. I am your host, Dr. Chris. You can find the show on RadioHorror.com, and the Twitter is at Goth Girl Horror. Don't forget, I'm on Instagram at Radio Horror, and you can find Ellie. At Instagram, at Ellie Christina. Thank you, everybody. Yay, thank you. See you next time. Boobs, Blood, and Badasses, the Hammer Horror Podcast, part of the Dorkening Network, with hosts Dr. Chris and Ro Lauren. Twice a month, we will talk about a Hammer Horror film, only the horror movies of the Hammer catalog from the Britain studio from the 60s, 70s, and the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Join us as we not only discuss the film's plotline, but also factoids about the different actors, production crew, and behind-the-scenes facts, as well as going over any of the information that happens to be on the Blu-rays or DVDs from these fantastic films. We will be covering classic films from Hammer's catalog, Horror of Dracula, Horror of Frankenstein, Brides of Dracula, Prince of Darkness, Dracula Has Risen from the Grave, just to name a few. We will also not be shying away from topics like sex, blood, and abuse towards women that many people may think be too taboo to talk about. Join us again twice a month here on the Dorkening Network and check out the rest of the shows on the Dorkening Network. You can find us at ChrisDSAV on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter at RoLorn, R-O-L-0-R-E-N. Don't stay